What is your purpose in life? I don't think I have one. What is your purpose in life? Uh, I haven't figured that out yet. Have you ever thought about it before? Nope. You've never thought about it? Nope. Not at all. I <laughs> uh, haven't spent any time on it. You haven't spent any time thinking about what your purpose is in life? Not recently. Should I be? Will you tell me? It's your life. No, I haven't spent any time on that. I just go day to day. That's just it. What is your purpose in life? Uh, I really haven't put that much thought into it. Why not? Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to have a good time. What is my purpose in life? You got to give me time to think about okay, that think one. About it. Mm, get through it. Don't kill anybody. Just keep doing, doing until I get it over with. Just be happy. It's just to be happy. I think that I should have fun and... Uh, be happy. To um, to be happy and make my family happy and my boyfriend happy and just be happy. I don't really feel that I'm here to do anything in particular. I mean, it's not like I think that I'm destined to do something or be someone or something like that. I'm just kind of going through the routines, you know, as society's laid it all out for us. I feel like I have a purpose to help preserve, conserve uh, the beauty of nature. Hopefully leave some sort of legacy. To contribute to the betterment of mankind. Tell me what your purpose in life is. Mm, go to work, go home, live. You gotta, I don't, I got a purpose. Everybody got a purpose on earth, but I ain't found my purpose out yet. To live a long life and to be prosperous. What's my purpose in life? My purpose in life is, uh, to be successful. To be successful and to lead a happy, fulfilling life. To provide well for my family. I want to be a really powerful uh, woman. Build my career built in financial area. Do you think that you have a purpose? Uh, not necessarily. I think purpose is just to do what you want to do. Go out and live life and have fun. Yeah, I think everybody has a purpose in life. And what would that purpose be for you? Uh, I'm not sure yet. What is your purpose in life? My purpose in life is basically to live the best life I can and to help others and be there for my friends and my family. How do you know that that's your purpose? Where does that come from? It comes from within my heart and my head. How do you know having fun is your purpose? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's just personal philosophy. Get it from what I think. That's it. How do I know this is my purpose? What kind of question is that? Boy, I think you got to start drinking before you talk about that, really. What is your purpose in life? Um, my purpose in life... Um, I, I am uh, deeply rooted in the uh, Christian faith, and uh, uh, my purpose would be to uh, glorify God and all that I do. Do you have a purpose in life? Uh, no. <laughs> have you ever thought about it before? guess I've thought about it a little, but it scares me, so I don't. What do you mean it scares you? Um, I don't know. I just like to more concern myself with living day to day, having fun. And that's it? That's pretty much it. Uh... And yeah, more or less, we're just going through the motions here, and, you know, you do what you, you feel like doing. I don't think there's anything really pushing or pulling us in any direction. And, uh, you know, it ends whenever your life ends. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, help us to understand in a deeper way today what your desire is for each of our purpose in life. We're all different. We're all on a unique path. Lord, today we pray for greater clarity to understand our purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys just saw a very um, good cross-section of the world. 
Why are people living? What's the purpose of their lives? Of all those interviewed, only one referred to their faith in Jesus Christ and his desire to do everything for the glory of God. What's that? <laughs> but it's just kind of interesting what we're dealing with in the world, and especially you know, next week as we go to the generation series, um, we're going to see how even through generations that um, Christianity is not being spread at the rate it started. For example, the, the uh, builder generation, two-thirds believe, my generation of boomers, one-third, then 16 generation X, and it kind of keeps going down from there. And this was kind of a younger crowd that you heard from in that video. And so the question I have for you is, if the microphone was in front of your face, what would you say your purpose is? Maybe you have that down. Maybe you're still working on it. But today what I want to do is take a look into the most purposeful life ever, the life of of Jesus. Before I start, about 15 years ago, a book came out called The Purpose Driven Life by a guy named Rick Warren. Guess how many copies that book sold? Make a guesstimate. Over 60 million copies that book sold, which tells us that obviously people are searching for meaning. They're searching for purpose. And to me, the person that walked on this planet, the one who was fully God, fully man, that shows us what purpose is about is Jesus. And I want to talk today not just about purpose, but vision, mission, purpose. That the vision is kind of the ideal future that we envision, we see. The um, mission is what are we trying to do, and the purpose is how are we going to do it. And I want to start with what was Jesus' vision? And I think it ties back to our gospel lesson for today from Matthew 28. And it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to to the end of the age. What I see there is that Jesus had a vision of a future. A world filled with what? Disciples. A world filled with disciples. And who are disciples? It goes back to the very first word I read there. Disciples are those who go out in his name. They're the ones who carry the message of Jesus to the world through what they say and through what they do. That is what Jesus desires, is for us to become disciples. Well, next, what then would be his mission? If you look into the um, Lord's Prayer, we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That ultimately, Jesus came to this world. He left heaven, he came to earth. He lived that perfect life, he died on the cross, he rose again, that by believing in him, what happens? We have forgiveness. We have eternal life. His mission is to bring salvation to us. He came to earth that one day we, in turn, can go to heaven. That our lives are now eternal because of him. I was thinking about Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, and he was up in that tree, and Jesus calls him down, probably the most hated man in the community, and, and Jesus goes to his house, and on that day, Zacchaeus, he finds salvation. At the end of that section of scripture, Jesus said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. That Jesus came to rescue us. That's his mission. And what's his purpose? How do you do this? 
In Matthew 20, it talks about baptism. It talks about learning everything that he commanded. It talks about going. To simplify it, he wanted people to be converted, to ultimately have their hearts changed from the world to him, that ultimately we realize salvation is through him, conversion. And then his desire is for people to grow in faith, and we see the example of how he trained his 12 disciples. He spent three years, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, he was with them, training them, teaching them, demonstrating what they were supposed to do. And so he wants us to be growing deeper in our faith. And then ultimately we come to a point where we're the ones who go. We go out into the world. You think about how Jesus did this. He took those 12, he trained them. Of course, Judas, he fell away. But the 11 then went out and they started the church in Jerusalem, which grew to about 20,000 people in a very short period of time. How? By using the same methodology. Leading people to faith, helping them to grow in that faith, and then sending them out. And the persecution hit Jerusalem, and they were forced out, and they went to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. They went to the ends of the earth. And Christianity continued to grow. And today, over 2 billion people who claim to be followers of Jesus. The method that Jesus used, it works, as long as it's followed. But the key, a big part of it, is that he doesn't want people just to believe, okay? If we believe, we're saved. I want to make that clear. He wants people, their desire, to become what? Disciples. To grow in discipleship. That leads us to where we are now. Every week inside your bulletin is a listing of our vision, our mission, our purpose. What is our vision? To build a community of disciples who share the deep and wide love of Christ to our church, our community, and world. That ultimately we see here something very similar to what Jesus lays out in Matthew 28. Our desire is to be a community of disciples who serve one another here, but also serve in Scottsdale and ultimately to the ends of the earth. As time goes by, that's happening more and more. What is our mission? Leading people to follow Jesus. Even before I came to this church, I admired that statement. When I had the call and I was thinking about, wow, what a great statement. Leading people to follow Jesus. But it's very important that if we're going to follow that mission, there's two parts of it. Number one, we have to follow Jesus ourselves before we can get others to follow. And so I want to talk about two types of leadership. In fact, the word lead is is there in our verse as far as our mission statement. But the bottom line is that we all are meant to be leaders, but a leader is like a disciple. A leader is somebody who follows Christ, and maybe you like the word leader better than the disciple. So here's some ways of looking at it. First, self-leadership. A leader is a learner. As followers of Christ, there's always room to keep learning and growing in our faith. A leader is led. Number one, we want to follow Jesus, but so often I think it's so important in life that we have people that we know that are stronger in faith, that we look up to. People that help us to grow to a higher level, that we're led. We're becoming more like Jesus, and we have people that are pushing us along. And as we grow, there's more of an outward leadership where we begin to tap into the lives of others. A leader leads others to become leaders, and ultimately our desire should be for our children, our grandchildren, maybe our neighbors, people around us, people that God puts in our path to help them to see the purpose of following Jesus, to grow in Christian leadership. And ultimately, a leader lets leaders lead. 
When Jesus spent his three years with disciples, at one point he finally launches them. says, okay, you're ready. Go out and do it. As we grow in faith, we get to the point where we take more initiative to do what God calls us to do, whatever that is. And the more that happens, amazing things take place in the body of Christ. But a key word that we see in all this is, is um, that word discipleship. And I want to take a little bit further as we go into what is our purpose. Three words, what are they? Discover, develop, and declare. Discover, develop, declare. These are more than words. This is a movement. But number one, discover faith in Jesus Christ. And that kind of goes back to what Jesus was all about, the whole thing about conversion. Our desire is for people to come to know Jesus. And for ourselves, we come to know him, and one of the first things that happens, we grow in a life of worship. It says in um, Hebrews 10.25, not neglecting to meet together as is a habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. That's referring to worship. Our life is based on habits. And a very good habit, a very important habit, is that we are people who worship God regularly. I saw an article that said that the average Christian in America worships 1.4 times per month. I can't say it's a habit. You know, I think back to when I was growing up, and, and my folks, basically every week, there was no negotiation when we came to church. We went every week. If we went out of town, they found a church wherever we went. Got in that habit. And God calls upon us to be people who have the right kind of habits. So we grow into a life of worship, discover, then develop. Ultimately, we are growing in our spiritual journey, a life of spiritual growth. In 2 Peter 3.18, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory now and to the day of eternity. Amen. We see there is actually a command to grow. God wants our lives to be amazing. The more that we grow in his word, the more life makes a lot of sense. The more our purpose becomes more concrete, more real. And then declare, ultimately serving God. I think the word evangelism, the word witness, sometimes is a scary word to us. I think the word serving sometimes makes more sense. It's also a lot in the Bible, too. You don't see the word volunteer in the Bible. Volunteer implies that you take a certain amount of time to do something. What we see in the Bible is the word serve, which is meant to be a lifestyle. That we see the opportunities around us on a daily basis to serve. It says in Galatians 5, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love serve one another. The whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. The serving is meant to be, begin right here in our family believers. As we leave, we look around for opportunities that God places in our path each and every day to serve. This world so desperately needs the love of Christ. And as we grow in our faith, serving becomes more of a natural way that we live. It flows from us. Now, what I kind of lay before you, from Jesus' model to the disciples' model to our model shepherd, it's the same pattern. And why am I doing this? Because I want to encourage you to think about how you can apply this to your personal life. These are more than words. 
These are meant to be actions. And I want to make something very clear. If we believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we're saved, we're going to heaven. But the point is this, no matter where we are in the journey, we can keep growing. You know, I want to take a little bit of time to kind of zero in more on this word discipleship. And I think that one of the challenges in our country today as far as Christianity, there's been a lot of focus on what's called church membership. And church membership's a good thing. But church membership is meant to lead towards something very important. What is that? To discipleship. And I want to share with you a list of different things that the way that maybe church members think and the way disciples think. And I want to challenge you to see how God might be moving you to a, a deeper level in this journey. A church member is committed to the church. That's a good thing. Disciple is committed to the church, but also committed to Christ. For a church member, sometimes they may think, okay, I, I go to church, they go home, they check the box, okay, I went to worship this week. They kind of go on their own merry way the rest of the time. But as we become disciples, we realize, yeah, I go to church, but then when I leave church, I am the church going out to the world. And I can worship God all week long. The worship never ends. A church member, maybe about managing committees. And this is important. Managing committees is very important. But as we grow in our discipleship, we want to figure out how these committees could be deploying missions and how we can do more things outside the walls of our church. Disciple, making decisions. It's very important to make decisions. But disciples also are very much involved in making other disciples. The only people that can make disciples are who? Disciples. Next. Church members, training for membership. It's an important thing. But as you grow, you realize as a disciple, you are a lifelong learner. That no matter where you are in the journey, there's more to keep learning. And one of my favorite days every year is Confirmation Sunday. We have young people up here that are being confirmed. It's so fun to see them have their faith confirmed. But the sad thing is, in the weeks to follow, some of them never come back. The parents start thinking, well, got them through confirmation, check that box, we're done. The reality is this, the learning never stops. A lot of you read through the Bible last year. I read through it again for probably about the 13th or 14th time, and as far as straight through. And this last time, more hit me than ever. So no matter where we are in this journey, as you keep looking at God's word, more things just keep jumping out to help you in your life and this journey on towards heaven. Church members serving at church is an important thing. But as we grow, it goes beyond just serving at church. It goes to serving in the world. Yeah, it starts here, but our desire is to serve out there in the world. Church member retiring from church work, okay? Put in my time, time for other people to step in. Disciple, ultimately, constantly serving God. The last um, service at 9.30 is picking on one of our members. His name's Bill Johnson. And tomorrow he's turning 93 years old. He still works five days a week. He goes to Bible study every week, and he serves in many different ways. I look at him, and I realize no matter where we are in our age, that God still has things for us to do. A few years back, one of our members named Dorothy Gerard, she passed away in her 90s. And she would spend from her nursing home where she lived, four hours every day praying for us. 
She'd take the prayer list and go through every individual name. And quite often I would call her up or I would stop by and see her and give her a list of things that I wanted her to pray for, for me. The point is this, no matter where we are, God has a plan. You know, yesterday at the men's Bible study, we talked about Moses. Guess how old Moses was when he started, when he actually led the people from Egypt towards the promised land. Guess how old he was? He was 80. The point is this, God has a plan for us, no matter what our age is. Moving on. A member surveying internal needs, Disciple sensitized to the community. Yes, it's important to know what's going on inside, but as we grow in discipleship, we want to understand our community and how we can serve our community in greater ways. A member eager to know everyone? It's a good thing. It's kind of hard in church this size. Whereas for a disciple, eager for everyone to know God. That as we grow in this faith, there's nothing more that we want than for people to know the Jesus we know. Couple more. Members loyal to each other. It's important to be loyal to each other. But as we grow, we're going to find ourselves drawn more to people that are unchurched. If we only are loyal to each other in this congregation, we will become a country club. The key is that, yeah, we need to be loyal to each other, but ultimately our vision, our focus goes out more to the community. And finally, a member perpetuating a heritage. Whereas a disciple visioning a future, how can we grow to reach more generations, to reach more people, visioning a future? A number of years back, um, when Pastor Jeremy and Dave Ellison were at the seminary, I went with them to St. Louis, and I was surprised to find three young men there that were students, and they were from previous youth groups that I was a part of previous churches. It was so fun to see another generation of young people coming up through the ranks. We have, um, attending our church, they're here part of the year, in Minnesota part of the year, there's a family, they have twin boys. And these boys are both studying to become engineers at the same time as they're studying to be pastors in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And I asked them, why are you doing that? What they told me was that they, they're looking to the future and realizing that, that churches are struggling, that someday it may be hard for some churches to be able to afford a, to have a pastor. And so their thought is, we're going to be able to work in the, the real world at the same time work in the church. And in some regards, they think that by doing that, it's going to help them be even stronger pastors. A whole new way of thinking. The previous church, we didn't have Discover, Develop, Declare. We had Wind, Build, Sand, almost the same type of wording or you know, up, in, and out. If you look at all these different purposes that churches have, they're pretty much all similar. It's a path. Coming to faith, growing in that faith, and ultimately sharing that faith. You know, somebody that um, maybe some of you might remember is a guy named Mike Duchesne. And he was um, he's a pastor. He was here for a while. And then he served at Desert Foothills while we were helping out there. He served there full time. And um, now he's in Detroit. And kind of north of Detroit. He's working with a church that was struggling, which is now growing. And what's interesting, I met him years ago when he was exploring Christianity. I saw him grow and ultimately became a pastor. And now he's helping churches to grow. And the point I want to make is this, that God has a plan for each and every one of us. It's a purpose as to why we're here. There's nothing more exciting for me to see people come to faith and keep growing in that faith and 
Today, I haven't shared anything with you that's new. But what I want to encourage you to do is take what is here. Take this pattern, this way that Jesus shows us purpose. I want to encourage you to apply it to your lives. And so right now, I want you to take a couple minutes and just answer the question inside your head. What is my purpose? So take a couple minutes just to think about that, pray about it, and I'll conclude in prayer. Lord Jesus, as we wrestle with this question of what is our purpose, maybe we're all at different places. Maybe some are, have it clearly defined. Maybe some are still trying to work on it. Maybe we're retweaking it. But Lord Jesus, when you enter the purpose of our life, when you are in the heart and center, all of a sudden the purpose becomes eternal. It has eternal significance. And I pray that as we live out our days on this planet, that we realize that you have a plan for each and every one of us a plan to grow in lives of worship, of growing in your word, growing in serving. But Lord, help us to see specifically what that direction is. You've wired us all differently. Lord, I pray that we individually and collectively as your church will grow in even greater ways to be disciples. That your vision to have a world filled with disciples will become even greater. And we're all a part of that. Our desire is to be growing each and every day and to realize that you are more important than anything in this life. We praise in your name. Amen. This time the offering will be received. If you please, sign the registers in your rows at this time as well.